I greet each of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> As we gather, I wish to not only greet you, but certainly those that are online, not knowing your need, your place, but again, welcoming you as if we were in person, one with another. Imagine it's a clear spring night, and you're out gazing at the stars, and suddenly you look up and your attention is drawn to a constellation that is well known, the Big Dipper. My parents pointed out that constellation when I was but a child, and I can still feel the joy that I had in my heart as I recognized those stars in the formation. If you are a stargazer, you may know that there are seven stars in that constellation. Septentrion. It's a strange word, but one of the Latin roots is septem, which simply means the number seven. And as you look at the Big Dipper, there are two stars at the end of the Dipper. And if you follow those two stars, your gaze is lifted up toward the Pole Star the North Star, and it is from that very place that many who have been lost have found the direction to the way home. Septemtrion simply means the North, and we'll return to that. I invite you to kind of tuck it away. Before I read from the gospel this day, the gospel according to Luke, it's the very close of the chapter, the 24th. I'd simply like to go back to the 23rd, to the 33rd verse. And it said, they came to a place called the skull, and there they crucified Jesus. And the 53rd verse says, and he took him, that was Joseph of Arithemia, took his body and he wrapped it in a linen cloth, and they laid it in a rock-hewn tomb in which no one had ever laid. So here you have the death and the burial of Jesus. And now we turn, it's the third day, to this passage today. And I invite you to listen not simply with your ear, but your heart. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. But while they were discussing these things, Jesus himself, that's what it says, dead and buried, but Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing as you walk along the way? And they stood still, looking sad. And it goes on to say that one of them by the name of Cleopas said, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Amen. A place at the airport you do not want to go is the lost baggage department. Some of you have been there. You know that experience. I love the humorous story told about a frequent traveler 
and she had lost her luggage on two trips. And when it happened the third time, she was put out. So when she went to the airport for her next business trip, she had ticketed hand and luggage, and she went up to the ticket counter, and she said to the ticket agent, I want this bag to go to Phoenix, Los Angeles, and then up to Seattle. The ticket agent looked somewhat exasperated and said, we can't do that. To which the traveler said, I don't know why not. You did it last week. (laughs) (laughs) Through the years, I have found many lost things. I have found cars lost in a parking lot, people roaming around looking. You've maybe lost a key fob or an iPhone. But the most challenging of all is when you yourselves awaken one day and you realize that you are in an unfamiliar place and you were lost and you are not sure of the way forward. For some, such an event comes at high school graduation. The pandemic, of course, set aside graduations for two years, but this year there'll be a sense of joy for some three and a half million graduates. And there is a sense of unsurety about the tomorrows. Oh, they may have early enrollment at a place like Central Methodist University, but still they feel lost as they hardly know anyone at that place. They may wonder, where will that choice take me? What will my life end up as? The senior choir that's coming today, there are juniors and seniors who are contemplating those very things as they think about their tomorrows. In ministry, I have sat alongside many who have been unsure. I've been in a medical hospital and sat alongside parents who are in disbelief, lost as they tried to process a medical diagnosis they had been given regarding their child. One night at 2.30 in the morning, I was awakened, prompted. I believe it is the Spirit. And I got dressed and went to a hospital here in St. Louis and to an ICU where a friend lay dying. As I walked into that small cubicle, There was his son standing over him. He had no words to describe his feelings. Lost. During the the pandemic, can you see a person in a retirement community locked away? A child or a grandchild has to stand outside the wall and look through a window and talk on a telephone. Something is missing when there's no longer a touch or the warmth of an embrace. And many felt lost. I can recall some years ago, I lived near Fayette, Missouri, where Central Methodist is located. And because Christmas was rather busy for myself as a pastor, I saw where the a cappella choir was going to be rehearsing some of their Christmas music. And so I slipped in one afternoon into a pew And here was a pastor. I I sat down beside him, and we listened to this wonderful music that brought glory to the one who was to come. When the music paused, 
that pastor, a friend, turned to me and he said these words. He said, I wish I could believe in Christmas. And a tear ran down his cheek. He was lost in the contemplation of wondering about the doubt that held his life. This, these brief looks into the human landscapes brings us into the larger world of Jesus Christ. Christ had empathy and care for the lost. And to me, one of the most vivid pictures I have in the New Testament is a widow, a woman who had buried her husband, and now she has lost her only son. She is utterly alone. And Jesus is entering the city of Nain, a small village, and he sees a procession and he hears the weeping. But he not only heard the weeping and saw the suffering, he went alongside. Christ became light to her utter darkness. I wonder if it was that circumstance that prompted Jesus to tell the parable about a lost sheep. The shepherd gently recovers the lamb. Jesus told many stories about lostness. He talked about a woman who lost a very valuable coin. He talked about a father whose son came one day and said, Dad, I would like to have my share of the financial holdings of the family. I'm going to leave a lost child. It's very interesting. You see, Christ is alerting us to the news that the divine does see the chapters in which we are adrift and disoriented. But more than simply seeing us in our desolation, Christ does not move ahead in the divine agenda. Christ comes in those places where we are lost. The divine parables that I mentioned the lost sheep, the coin, the son. In each of those, the lost is found. On countless occasions, I have seen Christ's revealing hope. Now, you may say that that reality of darkness still exists. You can say the words of hope, but for that medical diagnosis of a child, it has not dissipated. Those juniors and Central Methodist University, they still may have great doubts and wonderment about their future. We're moving out of the restrictions, but yet there are many who still feel lonely and isolated. And in the Ukraine, the destruction and the assault continues. So what is the Bible to say when we still look and see these kinds of struggles? Amid the tussle, the Bible declares and turns to us a most absurd leap of faith. It seems senseless. It seems illogical. But the news of Christ's death and burial is trumped by news from a cemetery. Christ is alive. He is seen. He has appeared to many. Despite this good news, some had seen him take his last breath. And they felt it was over. 
They packed their bags and they were leaving Jerusalem. That's our story from the very end of the Gospel of Luke today. We see that two had left Jerusalem and they were on the road to Emmaus, about seven miles in length. And as they walked along, they were discussing and talking about the things that had happened when suddenly, and Methodists don't like that word. <laughs> we like the word gradually, you know, by, by committee. But suddenly Christ came and joined them on the road. Luke tells us that their eyes were kept from recognizing him. How, how could they recognize him? He was gone. And Jesus said, what are you discussing as you walk along the way? And they began to, to tell. And then Jesus opened the scriptures and began to teach them. And when they came to the village of Emmaus, he started to go on. But their hearts were now full of faith and they constrained him saying, stay with us. And I can see this little humble inn and these three sitting at table. And an owner brings a loaf of bread and sets it on the table. And the stranger takes the bread and he blesses the bread and he breaks it and gives it to them to eat. And in that moment, their eyes were opened and they recognized it was Jesus. In my heart, I can see them jumping up and shouting for joy and they were dancing and when they came to their senses, they looked back and he was gone. But now filled with hope, they took their, their bags and they retraced their steps all the way back to Jerusalem for they had news to share. They had news to tell. The resurrection news. Christ did not come simply for a season in the early first century. But resurrection news declares that he is with us in this moment, right now, Amen. the spring, the springs brings the very wonder of new life. Christ's presence brings the very presence of new beginnings and new life. I recall that couple that struggled with a medical diagnosis, and it was a pediatric physician from this church that shared with them one day that there was hope, there was intervention that could heal their child. Resurrection and new life. When a college student begins to pray and look beyond their doubts, they can begin to see possibilities that heretofore they were unseen. There is indeed resurrection possibility all around us. Septentrion, it means to look to the north. When you are lost and cannot find your way, if you look up north, there's the Big Dipper, the pointing stars, and there is your direction. You are no longer lost. That is north. You now have a light to provide the way forward. Christ can be the north star in your life. I invite you to get lost in the arms of a divine love that will never let you go. I close with this. I was pastoring a church, and this church seemed to be separated. The only thing that really brought them together in oneness was worship on a Sunday morning. But in many ways, they were strangers. 
At that time, I came across a, a new book. It was written by the Reverend Chet Custer, and it was called Called to Care. As I read the book, it seemed that Christ warmed my heart with possibility. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if, if those people could read those words and begin to discover what it means to live in Christ with one another? Eventually, the leadership of that church divided the congregation into small groups, and they began to meet over a series of weeks talking about called to care and the scriptures that tell us about God's great love and God's great light. One of the persons that was going to be in one of those home groups was a woman by the name of Margaret. She was full of grace and wisdom. Everybody who knew her loved her. She was just seemingly had it all together. Well, at the end of the fifth week, we had a, a major celebration out on the front lawn of the church. There were balloons, there was music, there was new friendships as people had grown together in the commonwealth of Christ. But after it was about over, people began to leave and Margaret made her way over to me. And she said, can I talk with you a moment? And I listened. Margaret said, I was unsure about being involved in any of this. I did not want to share with people that I hardly knew. But as I began to read the book and reflect, as I read about Jesus, and after being in a group for several weeks and people opening their lives and beginning to share, I felt something that I had not felt for years. I felt a common love of God in that group. And although I had not planned on doing it, I began to open my heart and share the darkest parts of my existence. I had been estranged from my daughter for 18 years. We had not spoken for 18 years. She said, I'm going to go home this afternoon and make a call. That is the lost being found. That is the meaning of resurrection hope in this day and in this time. The North Star anchors our place in this time of vastness of time and space. Have you invited Christ Jesus into your life? Do you have a sense of his presence into the lost places of your life? Sometimes we just get lost in busyness and we just forge through. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. It is my calling to invite you into a relationship with this light that can illumine your path. Many of you in this room and many of you online have already been baptized and are already into Christ. But I believe that every first day of the week, every Sunday, we need to rededicate our lives to sharing, much like those two instars in the Big Dipper point at others to the light so they may see. Jesus simply said it this way, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have a great light. I pray that for you. I pray that for you. The P.S. today 
is at the Fox Theater, our own Fox. This coming May, there's going to be a rock opera. It is Jesus Christ Superstar. We've just turned the 50th anniversary of this. Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice, music and words. I got this album, I think, in 1971. So it's an archaic piece. <laughs> but it tells a wonderful story of Jesus Christ, the star that illumines the pathway. And from this old piece of vinyl, I recorded here these words, let them be the close. <laughs> 